I'm Mike James, and this is the Smooth Jazz and More podcast. This podcast is supported by the generous donation of our listeners. If you like what you hear on this podcast and want to help, then please show your appreciation by donating to our GoFundMe fundraising campaign. Just go to our website at smoothjazzandmore.com and click on the banner on the left side of our webpage. No donation is too big or too small, and every dollar that you give goes directly to help maintain our administrative cost. Back in 2018, we were able to interview the longtime lead vocalist for the group Incognito, singer Mesa. The interview started off a little rough on the edges with the technical glitches with our Skype connection, but eventually we were able to continue and put together some great conversation. At the time, she was promoting a special release entitled You Are Not Alone, and we asked her how that concept came about. Well, um, my manager, Tom Goldfogel, we discussed things I wanted to do, and I told him that I really wanted to go back to being the spokesperson uh, for the March of Dimes. I did that back in the early 2000s uh, when my son, Jazz, was born premature in 1999, and I started working with them to help other mothers uh, discover that there's um, some help. Uh, so like a, lot of, a lot of newborn babies, uh, children who are born at risk, are born early or at risk with heart disease or lung disease. Uh, can develop something called uh, respiratory syncytial virus, and it's called RSV. And um, my son, we thought my son had had it uh, in, in the beginning, but my doctors gave him a medicine uh, that helped him tremendously through it. A lot of babies under age, but under two years old, uh, are hospitalized for this disease. A lot of people don't understand what it's about. So I was really happy to help the March of Dimes get the word out about RSV to help other mothers um, uh, to understand what it is because it's very dangerous. It could turn for, it could for a baby can have a cold and it can turn to a serious uh, infection, uh, pneumonia, bronchial, you know, uh, problems in infants uh, immediately, and a lot of babies get sick from really sick from it. So I was really glad to do that. So I asked my manager, could we go back to them? And they were interested in me uh, doing this new campaign and 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 writing a song about it. And so that's why that's how we got there. You are not alone because I understand. I'm here to hold your hand through all of your tomorrows. You are not alone. I'll be right by your side. I'll be right here. When you have so many questions And it's so hard to understand Well, I've walked this road before you So you can trust in me Hold on to me And I will be the friend you need 
she got her start by singing backup with the legendary Stevie Wonder after leaving college at Morgan State University. We asked her about that collaboration. Wow, well my best friend Kim Brewer had, had gone moved to California a year prior to me finishing school and she was singing with Stevie. She got an audition, she passed, she started singing with him and she wanted me to move out there and she wanted me to come out there with her. So she asked Stevie, could I, could I audition for, for him? And when he came to Baltimore to do a, um, a celebration with the choir from Morgan State University Choir that I was on, he did a, Mon a Martin Luther King celebration every year and, he, and I auditioned that day. Uh, I had one year left in school, so I passed the audition, but I asked him, could I please finish my school and then come, you know, for my college degree and then come out there. And he was really cool about it. And so I did. And what happened was uh, he was working on the Jungle Fever project at the time. And that's what I started with. That's how I started. Studio hours were pretty long. I remember uh, 12 hours or more some, sometimes. Uh, he, he really practiced. I mean, we practiced a lot first before we even recorded. So he was a, he's a stickler about, you know, he's a perfectionist. And he wants things, you know, a certain way. So uh, I remember doing that a lot. Uh, we rehearsed a lot before we even recorded the stuff. So, but it, it was amazing. we had the privilege to interview Bluey, the creator of the group Incognito on our podcast. We asked her how did she and Bluey get started? Well, his best friend is a drummer from Scotland named Steve Harvey. And Steve, um, I had done some work for Steve. I had, I had sung background on one of his songs. I sang a lead part for one of his songs, and a couple of his songs. And when Bluey was looking for a new lead singer, he wanted an American lead singer for the band because I think they had great success with Jocelyn Brown on the on Always There. So he wanted them to, um, he wanted a new American singer. So he asked Steve to send him a list of names of singers he thought would be good for Incognito. And uh, Steve, he, he also asked Steve, he said he wanted to cut down because he didn't know anybody on the list. So he said, ask Steve, which one of these women would you leave your kids to? And he put me first on top of the list. And that's why Bluey called me. And um, and that's how I got the gig. So, you know, it's amazing. So when Bluey called me on the phone, we had a long conversation about music. I told him about Rufus and Shaka Khan. I had no idea what incognito music was, to be honest with you. That was days before the big computer and, and internet. And, you know, you could just find anything on your phone and all that stuff. You couldn't. There was nothing like that back in the early 90s. So, um 
I, I went to the music store and tried to figure out the music, and that's when I saw the Jocelyn Brown thing. Uh, and that was the day after uh, I, I, I talked to Blue on the phone. So I really didn't know what they were about. I just knew that it was an opportunity to go to England and also to, to be the lead singer of a band. I just didn't want to pass that up. So during the conversation, Bluey asked me to sing Don't You Worry About a Thing to him, and I did. And the next day, his manager called me and said, Mesa, I don't know what you sang to Bluey, but you got the gig, so we're not going to look for anybody else. We're going to bring you over in a couple weeks. And I was like, wow. So my whole life literally changed that moment. Eventually, she recorded her debut self-titled CD in 1995, and we still played a track Raindrops on our playlist. What was that like going solo for the first time? It was scary. I'm about to admit, it was very scary. I didn't know. Uh, I was excited, too, though, you know, because that was like, oh, my God, I get to go solo this soon. I, I thought it would be a while before I, I would get to that point, you know, in my career. Uh, so to go solo that early was really great. Um, I was scared because I, you know, I've been used to being with Incognito, being the like, kind of like the, even though I was the lead singer, I was still like a side man. I didn't have much work to do besides focus on what I had to sing, you know. And as a solo artist, you become the boss immediately, where you have to choose your music, your musicians, your this, your that. You're, like you have to be in full control of everything. And so it was a big leap uh, from what I was doing, but uh, it was also uh, magical. We also asked Mesa, what advice could she give to those artists who are still looking for that first break? Wow. I think for the most part, I think um, as an independent artist, what you have to do is stay true to yourself and who you are, hone your craft, know who you are, and stick to what you're doing. Somebody once said, I'm not sure who the quote came from, but they said, don't try to conform to the world. Wait for the world to conform to you. Wait for the world to come to you. And, and that's what I've tried to do my whole life is try to just make good music, stay consistent. Uh, I, my focus is on, uh, on, on my focus and my pride in my music is making quality, as high quality music as I can afford to make. And, and also um, to, to make people happy. That's my goal is to make people feel better about their situations. I want people to know that not by themselves in any situation because we all have been through everything together. I mean, a lot of people don't understand, you know, so many people go through stuff and keep it to themselves so people don't know, you know. I've been a person who's been very open with my life, with my love affairs and people hurt my feelings or work frustrations or, you know, money frustrations, all of that. So 
um, I think it helps other people by, by doing that. And I think, so once you hone your craft, once you know who you are, and once you decide not to be somebody else, don't try to be the next Beyonce. Don't try to be the next, you know, Kenny G or somebody. Don't do that. Be who you are and, and make yourself uh, a vehicle for what, what, is, what this is. And that's how you become an individual in this, cra in this, in this art form. And I, and I hope that people also um, learn early that you need to surround yourself with like-minded people, people who want to do the same thing. Uh, also get a good, really good attorney and 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 get on your social media game like really good because that's going to be how you're going to sell music and how you're going to get out there as an independent artist uh i've been through the whole record company thing and that's why i kind of started my own label it's because you know i've been owned pretty much by people for the last 27 years i just thought you know if i'm going to do all the social media if i'm going to do every all the outreach that i can uh, on my own then i should own my, my music and as you know, Prince and everybody were trying to tell us this many years ago, you know, about owning your own masters. It's extremely important at this day and age. So you don't have to have, it's, it's good if you want a record company, that's fine. I'm not saying it's bad to have a record company, but I'm saying, because they can, sometimes they can make your reach, you know, even broader. But for the, for the most part, uh, if you stay on your social media thing, if you stay a professional, stay extremely professional. Uh, you have to take a lot of crap off people sometimes. But use your friends to, to let go of the stress and then you keep going and keep being professional, keep doing your thing. Uh, do the best you can. Bring your A game every time. And eventually the world will come to you and things will, will turn out the best. Raindrops keep falling down. Your voice keeps calling me. Such a familiar sound. How can fans reach Mesa on social media? I'm on a, a Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. <laughs> so I think that's it. I, I can't do anymore. It's like my, my niece and nephew are trying to get me to go on more stuff. I can't do it. So I can't do the Snapchat and all that stuff. But I do, uh, you know, I got those three things uh, for the most part, Pinterest and all that stuff. But but yeah, so that's, that's the way you can you can always reach me. Uh, Instagram is Mesa Leak Music. And uh, and and uh, my official like page on Facebook is on my website. If you go to my website, it has all my links to everything that I'm tied up with. You go to Mesa.com. Yep. And that's going to do it for the Smooth Jazz and More podcast. If you like what you heard, then please show your appreciation by donating to our GoFundMe fundraising campaign. Just go to our website at smoothjazzandmore.com and click on the banner on the left side of our webpage. No donation is too big or too small, and every dollar you give goes directly to help maintain our administrative cost. I'm Mike James. Thanks for listening. 
Copyright 2023. SmoothJazzandMore.com. All rights reserved.